Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Portsmouth Historic Dockyard and the Mary Rose Museum. This is the Tips for Travelers podcast hosted by Gary Bembridge. It's a podcast of inspiration, advice, and tips about finding and having a luxurious travel experience on both land and sea. The podcast draws on over 20 years of experience of traveling every month of every year to destinations on all continents and all the oceans of the world. For more, visit tipsoftravelers.com, where travelers is spelled with two L's, the UK way. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Tips for Travelers. And the Tips for Travelers that I have in this episode is all about Portsmouth on the south coast of the UK, which has been the home of the Royal Navy for centuries. And it's not necessarily a spot that a lot of people think about as a place to go and visit if they are visiting the UK. But it's one that if you're interested in history or you're interested in the sea or you're interested in the Navy, I would really, really recommend it a place to visit, especially if you have kids, because they will absolutely love it. Let me tell you a little bit about Portsmouth if you're not familiar with it. Portsmouth is down on the sort of south coast of England. It's about an hour and a half's drive at most from London, although you can get there on the train much quicker. And it's, you know, from Portsmouth, you can get across to the Isle of Wight, for example, if you're also thinking about doing that. Getting there, you can basically get there by car very easily, um, or you can get bus tours or bus trips, or you can get down there on the train. It's probably easier to use a car or, or a bus tour. And as I mentioned, it's the real heart of the Royal Navy and its connections with royalty and the sea goes back, you know, centuries and centuries and centuries. And the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard, you can actually go and visit, but it's still an operating base for two thirds of the Royal Navy in the UK. So it's a very, very important uh, dockyard, very important Navy. They, I think there's something like about 15,000 people, 17,000 people are employed there. And they still build some of the military ships there. So they still build um, aircraft, um, you know, carriers and, and ships like that. And it's very likely when you go there, you'll see those kind of things being built in the distance. But at the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard, there are a number of, of museums. But the thing that really excites people are the battleships that are docked there. And there's three historical battleships that are incredibly important and, you know, very iconic and really, really fascinating. And I'm going to tell you about um, all three of them, but I'm going to spend most of my time on the one that's the most recent to be made open to the public just in 2013, which is the Mary Rose. But let me talk about the, the other ships. 
As you come into the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard, the first ship that you can see in tour is the HMS Warrior 1860. This is one of the three battleships that are docked here, and you can tour it. It's a, it's a vast steel ship. It's actually a Victorian battleship, and it was the very first battleship that was powered by steam as well as by sails. And it was actually in service for that long, but it's an incredibly interesting ship and you can tour right through it and see kind of, you know, the, the technology that was, you know, groundbreaking in, in its day. Um, that's the HMS Warrior 1860. The better known ship and the one that most people would go down to the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard to view is the HMS Victory. Now, pretty much everybody who's done any kind of history of the UK uh, will have heard of HMS Victory. If you haven't, you will have probably heard of Vice Admiral Lord Horatio Nelson, probably the most famous of all the admirals or vice admirals of in the world and certainly within the UK. The HMS Victory was commanded by um, Nelson, who, of course, is commemorated with the Nelson's Column in Trafalgar Square. He was actually wounded and died on board this ship during the Battle of Trafalgar. And the Battle of Trafalgar was when the Royal Navy at the time, you know, had a fleet of 27 ships. It was way, way, way outnumbered by a combined French and Spanish Navy in 1805. They had a battle off the coast of Spain. You know, 800 men lived, worked and fought on this massive battleship. And, uh, you know, Nelson was injured during the battle, but it was, you know, his strategy and what he did with that ship in leading the whole Navy was seen as, you know, a major turning point in the battle between the, the UK and the French and the Spanish. What's interesting about the HMS Victory is, although this all happened way back in 1805, the HMS Victory is actually still in commission. It's still theoretically a live operating ship. It still has a, a, a crew and it's the official flagship of the first Sea Lord of the Royal Navy. So not only is it a museum, but it's actually a real live still, you know, ship, if, if you like. It's a beautiful ship to tour. It's, it's recently been renovated and it's absolutely fascinating. And you can go and see the spot where, where Nelson um, had died. Now, next to this, in fact, just the other side of this is the most recent battleship and probably one of the most exciting of all the editions. Not that I'm saying the others aren't exciting, but this is really exciting. It's a, it's a very beautiful building. And inside this building in the darkness is the remains of a 500-year-old ship called the Mary Rose. This was Henry VIII's flagship battleship, and it sank in a battle off the coast near Portsmouth in 1545. And um, basically what happened is Henry VIII was watching from land as this, the Mary Rose flagship led an attack against the invading French fleet. So, you know, back in history, the French were always trying to invade the UK and vice versa. But, you, you know, you had this invading French fleet. The Mary Rose was one of the first ships that actually had armaments on it, had cannons on it, versus, you know, in the, what used to happen in battles is ships would go side to side and the crew would literally fight each other with, you know, uh, arrows and swords and whatnot. But this actually had cannons in. And basically what happened is Henry VIII was on the land watching this Battle of Solent, not far from where the ship is today. Um, it fired its cannons. It was turning around. It keeled to one side. It filled with water and sank really fast. 
there were about 500 men and boys on board with the exception of about 30 people they 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 drowned and the ship then was basically stuck in silt and was hidden under silt for years and years and years it was only in 1972 that it was finally located or half of it that survived was was located it was raised um, out of the the sea in silt in 1982 and was only open to the public view in on from May the 31st 2013 and for the last 30 odd years since it was raised the ship has basically been sprayed and preserved when they brought the ship back onto land it was put in this plastic vast plastic case and it was basically sprayed with water and chemicals it was finally uh, righted to the right way around and this museum was built over the top of it now what's interesting is the Mary Rose Museum is today located about 20 yards from where it was actually built 500 years ago he Henry VIII ordered it in about 1509. It first sailed in, in, in about 1511. It served for about 30-odd years before it was, was sunk in, in July in this battle of uh, the Solent off, off Portsmouth. And, you know, it's, it's incredible to think that this, you know, you're here in the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard. For centuries and centuries, it's been building ships. And the Mary Rose has come back to sit about 20 yards from where it was built in the dry dock. And it is today. Now, you go into this very um, unusual shaped museum. It's, it's kind of shaped like, like a ship. It's very dark inside because you've got this, um, this, this, the half of the ship that survives. And the ship itself is, um, or the half of the ship, is inside this massive glass case. I mean, it's, the ship's huge, and there's this massive glass case. And you can actually go up a glass-sided elevator, and you can go up the side of the ship, and you see this huge, huge ship inside this massive glass case. Now, what's interesting about the museum is half of the museum has the this half of the ship. Then what they've done is they've created a mirror image on the other side, which they've then put the cannons and, and various other things they found with the ship. So you can actually see roughly where it was based. So you go on different levels. So you go through the different levels, up the different levels of the ship. And on you can see on the one side, you know, the, the cannons and armaments that were in the ship on the other side. And and it, it's really quite amazing, this mirror image. A lot of people have described the finding of the Mary Rose as, you know, the, the UK's Pompeii, because when the ship went down, not only did all the men go down with it, but also all the artifacts. They have recovered 19,000 items 19,000 items, which is everything from combs to bits of grain through to these massive cannons. And huge chunks of these 19,000 items are now on display in inside the museum. So the finds have really revolutionized thinking of history. So, for example, they found um, compasses which stayed upright no matter the way that the ship was, you know, keeling, you know, rolling or whatever. And it had originally been believed these were only invented 100 years later. So a lot of history has been rewritten by it, which is why, you know, a lot of people describe it as kind of a Pompeii. It froze in time, life 500 years ago. And it's quite remarkable because you do see things like peppercorns and things that were kind of just, you know, sunk in the silt and, and frozen. The other thing which is slightly spooky but also slightly interesting is 
you know, they found the skeletons of the crew. So what they've done is they have taken the skeletons and they have recreated what they think the people looked like. So using various techniques and, and figuring out kind of what the, you know, what the bone structure was, how the skin would have been, etc. They have recreated, um, you know, a number of, of the crew. There's about eight of them of different levels, like the carpenter, an officer, the cook, and so on. Then what they've done is you'll see the skeleton or, or, or the skull, you'll see a recreation, and then you will see their professional equipment. So you will see the things that they were using. So, for example, the carpenter, you will see all of his equipment. Then you will see their personal effects that they also had. And, you know, the carpenter section, for example, even includes the skeleton of his pet dog that drowned. It was caught in a sliding door when the ship sunk. So it's, it's you know, they've got these snippets of different people. So, for example, the archers, they, they would explain how actually the archers had these very, you know, unusual um, uh, skeletons because from all the twisting they had been doing through their careers of, um, you know, uh, using their their, um, their arrows, it's kind of fused their backs in a strange way. So you have all of these artifacts. You have some of the biggest collection of pewterware, for example. You see these um, boxes and cases that officers had. You see gold coins. You see uh, arrows. You see cannonballs. It really is quite amazing. And what's interesting about this whole process is you then also find out the complicated process in preserving both the artifacts and the ship. You know, for 30-something years, the ship was sprayed with water and these chemicals. It's, they're starting to dry it out. It's going to take five, six, seven years to dry the ship out um, and, and so it can be sealed in this glass case and, and protected. Really, really fascinating. Also connected to the museum is a education centre. Now, about 70,000 school kids and children every year come to the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard anyway on various trainings and and um, educational programs. Connected to the Mary Rose is, is a very specific um, training centre where kids' school trips can come or kids can come. They will learn the science, so they learn the whole science of the preservation, some of the science from the day, and they also learn the whole history. Now, the, the, the whole museum was funded by um, the, the, the National Lottery. So, you know, and what people involved with the Mary Rose told me is that without kind of National Lottery funding, it, it probably would, they would never be able to afford the 35, 36 million pounds. So what's that, about 40, 50 million dollars in the US to, to build it. And now they, they obviously um, still get some grant, but they then have a massive Massive, huge, big gift shop, which has kind of models and artifacts and obviously real artifacts, fake artifacts, food and all sorts of stuff to help fund it. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a cafeteria and, and, and so on. But it really is a quite remarkable, remarkable place. And it's really interesting to, to just think about you're looking at just this incredible collection and probably the most comprehensive collection of life of 500 years ago. And when you see this massive ship, it's it's quite hard to believe that it's so old. Now, if you'd like to see more, you can visit the blog, tipstotravelers.com, search for Mary Rose, and there you will see some images, but also you'll see a video tour that I made. And it really is just quite amazing when you see the size of the ship and just how incredibly well-preserved it is. I mean, you can spend many hours touring it. I mean, they say you should be able to spend about an hour and a half. I mean, we went on a whistle-stop tour, and, you know, two hours later, we were still, you know, we had barely, you know, touched sides, if that's the right way of putting it. 
really fascinating, slightly spooky at times when you're looking at these recreations of, of people and looking at their skeletons and, and what they looked like. It's quite terrifying, that, you know, what they must have gone through, 500 of them, nearly 500 drowning when this thing went down. But it really is a, a quite remarkable place. The Portsmouth Historic Dockyard, it has the Victory, it has the Warrior, it has the Mary Rose. It also has various other museums where you can see around the whole history of the Royal Navy, you can see how the Royal Navy works, great tea rooms as well, by the way, great food. Really, really, really a strong tips for travellers. Not necessarily um, a thing that comes up top of people's lists, but if you are interested in travel, you're interested in the military, you're interested in the Navy, and you're interested in the sea, I would strongly recommend think about getting down to Portsmouth and visiting the Portsmouth Historic Dockyard. As usual, if you visit the site at tipsofthetravels.com, you'll find much more, and uh, you'll find, as I said, links to the video and so on. So until next time, here's to great and safe travels. You've been listening to Gary Bembridge's Tips for Travellers podcast, a podcast of inspiration, advice and tips about finding and having a luxurious travel experience. It draws on over 20 years of travel experiences. Visit tipsfortravellers.com where travellers are spelled with two L's the UK way to find out more about the destination or topic covered in this podcast. You'll also find the links to contact Gary Bembridge and to follow Tips for Travellers on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Flickr and Pinterest.